Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, let's start here, though, with uh, Montana State and the news coming out of Bozeman. Matt Miller, out. I say out is the – when I say that, it sounds like he's about to he, – He's leaving on. from Montana State, taking the job as the wide receivers coach at Boise State, uh, which, you know, obviously when you're talking about career trajectory and all that kind of stuff makes sense. How, how old is he, 28 or now 29 years old? Something I think he's like 28. Okay. He's a grade younger than my brother. So, yes, 28 going on 29. And he was the wide receivers coach at Montana State and then in the shakeup midseason uh, with, you know, the – Bob Cole, who was the offensive coordinator, no longer being that. Matt Miller gets moved up, and and Montana State improved quite a lot. Was that this last year or two, a year and a half ago now? Uh, I was with six games remaining in the 2018 2018. And so Matt Miller coached 21 games total at Montana State as the OC. Called as, plays for 21 games. As the OC, called plays. And, and the difference in production offensively in the six games that he coached in the 2018 season compared to the the first half of that season was marked. It was clear the impact that he made. Last year, uh, it was a struggle. Then it was uh, good. Then it was really bad. And then it was outstanding. And they finished very, very strong. Obviously, the semifinal notwithstanding. Um, And and he, you know, put together ultimately what you would say, I mean, the team – was as successful as a team has been at Montana State in 30 years, 35 years. But they also offensively were very, very good. Now, some of that was getting guys back. I mean, you're going to be a much better offensive coordinator when Isaiah Fosse is running the football for you. Certainly. But, uh, but he showed, you know, his prowess and what he was able to do. And now he gets an opportunity, not just at the FBS, but at the premier college football school, uh, certainly in the Mountain West. And one of the 
maybe three or four jewels of the mid-major conferences when you talk about a team that's perennially a top 25 team in Boise State, and they are and they were yet again this past season. So he goes there and uh, and will be the wide receivers coach. So st- let's start with the Matt Miller part of this, Coulter, and then we'll move on to the replacing of the OC that Jeff Choate has in front of him and, and who some people are uh, that, that, that may be in line for that or maybe names that come up because I think there's uh, well at least one very interesting one. I think that this is this is it's an interesting analysis if you know Matt Miller personally and or you have observed him coach live and in person. But broadly from a thirty thousand foot view, it's an incredibly non surprising move. I mean Matt Miller is among the greatest receivers in Boise State history, certainly statistically. Yeah, he's an alum, right? Yeah. I mean, Matt Miller is from Helena. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year at Helena Capital. He's one of the great three-sport athletes Montana has produced in the last, this century. He, honestly, Matt Miller, if he wouldn't have had the ankle injury he had his senior year at Boise, I, I don't really know if he would be into coaching because he might still be playing. I mean, Matt Miller was an outstanding athlete. He's a class younger than my brother, but I watched Matt Miller compete from when he was sixth grade on. And he was a, he was a division one caliber basketball player. He was the state record holder in the 110 meter hurdles. Certainly a division one caliber track athlete. And he was absolutely, obviously a division one caliber football player who went to Boise state and was a four year starter, graduated with the most catches in school history He's top three in yards and touchdowns. He would have certainly had those records if not for the injury that he suffered. And he's a Boise State legend. And so all of that makes this hire seem so obvious. One one other thing, too, if I might add to, to it. You talk about, I mean, like if you were going from Montana State in the year that they just had to UNLV, right? Right. It's not clear that that's a better. I mean, it's clearly not a better situation football wise, and right. it's just not clear that it's even a, a an improvement in play. Okay, right. Certainly, though, it is when you go to Boise State. But more than that, Brian Harson, who's the head coach there, first of all, is proven now. A lot of people want to see. Okay, Chris Peterson moves on. Can can this guy actually do? It? Well, he can do it. He's sixty four and seventeen since twenty fourteen as the head coach of Boise State. Right. But he's also making. Are you ready? One point seven five million dollars as a head coach there. Totally. Tenfold what you're making as the head coach at, at one of the Montana schools. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and Matt, even though you're not the OC anymore, he's going to have a significant increase in pay. I would think double, perhaps triple, to be the wide receivers coach at Boise State, what he's making there. And that is significant, man. Well, you know, you, th- you go from 10 to 30 million. Yeah, it's a big deal, but not nearly as big a deal as when you go from 100,000 to 500,000. I mean, it's. He's, Matt Miller will probably be making in the mid 200s. Yeah. As wide receivers coach right. at Boise, and, and and I'm not sure what he was getting paid at Montana State. Standard for Montana, like state state coordinators, is usually between ninety and one hundred ten thousand dollars, depending on your experience. Mm-hmm. I know guys like Tim Cramsey at Montana State, Ty Gregorak at Montana and Montana State were getting paid one hundred, one hundred five, one ten, a little bit over the six figure, just because they had pretty lofty and experienced resumes. It wouldn't have surprised me if Matt Miller was making it in the high 80s to low 90s at Montana State. Mm-hmm. Certainly good money for Montana, no doubt. But um, 
But if I, now you're doing a quarter million dollars, what you're able to do and, and the life I mean, you're able to live is hugely different. He's doubling or tripling his salary. Yeah. But there's all sorts of stuff that goes into these things. And, you know, on one hand, I always think that if you get a chance to coach at your alma mater, that's a very special and unique thing. But I also always sort of am wary of guys that return to their alma mater early in their careers because if and when it goes awry, a lot of times that can be the thing that ends your career. Because if you yourself or your staff gets fired, you don't have the landing pad. Like say Matt Miller was to rise through the ranks and somehow end up as like the offensive coordinator at Indiana or something, or the wide receivers right. coach at Indiana, but then he's out on his luck because the staff gets fired. Then he always you can always go back home. And I've just seen some young coaches. I mean, like Rob Ash had a couple of guys who were Montana State alums on his staff who thought they had endless job security because they had this guy who's a 40-year head coaching veteran, and then when Rob Ash got let go, those guys got out of coaching. And a lot yeah. of it was personal choice, too. But the other thing that I think that oftentimes gets glossed over, and I think it, we have an advantage in Montana, just know it's such a small state in population, and it's a, it's a small community. We all know so much about each other in our personal lives. But a lot of times, too, in the coaching business, you're married to your job or you're married to your wife. And you're, and oftentimes when you're married to the, your job, when you have a wife, your wife has to accept the fact that you're married to your job. But I know Matt's wife, and she's a Boise State alum as well. She played volleyball there. And I know she loves Boise. So that also makes the transition easier. I guess what I'm saying is that all roads lead to this being great on a personal level for, sure. for Coach Miller. Um Time, time will time will tell if it's going to be great on a on a professional level. The thing the thing that's so interesting about Matt Miller is that again he was one of the great athletes to come out of Montana over the last twenty years, and I think that when when Matt went through all the things he went through with his ankle injury and just the abrupt and devastating end to his football career, I mean. He basically blew up his ankle that cost him the second half of his senior year. He rehabbed enough to get a shot with the Denver Broncos, and then he hurt it again, and the surgery basically ended his career as right, a player. Right. I think he, I think personally deep down he thought he got robbed of a lot of what he could have been. And that next fall, he transitioned to being a graduate assistant at Boise State, so he has worked with Coach Harson before. And there's obviously the natural connections between Jeff Choate and Boise State, Three of Choate's first hires when he got the Montana State job were Matt Miller, Byron Hout, who was a linebacker at Boise State, and Gerald Alexander, who was a safety at Boise State. And a lot of what Montana State has tried to do culture-wise has been very similar to the Chris Peterson model of how to build a team. But when Coach Miller was a grad assistant, then there was a moment in time where he was thinking about walking away. He's a Montana guy. I know he loves Montana. He has always had an affinity for being a cowboy, a real cowboy. He wanted to be a rancher. And after that grad assistant job was over, he went and got a job on a ranch in eastern Montana. And I think that there was a portion of time where he thought that was going to be his life. Mm -hmm. And know if you know Matt, Matt is a very uh, reserved, very intellectual, thoughtful guy, but not he he's he has a personality that is very different from what you'd expect from an elite athlete receiver type guy. He, he's not Chad Johnson. He's the opposite of that, right? He, he's very to himself. He's introspective type of guy. Right. But like him riding a horse seems to fit his personality way more than him rah-rah coaching up guys. But then Coach Choate talked him into coming in and coaching receivers, and then he's just blossomed since then. And as the OC, like you said, the results were undeniable. I mean, they were 
15 and 6 with him calling the plays, two of those losses being to North Dakota State, one of those losses being to Texas Tech. So you take out the juggernauts and the FBS, and they're 15 and 3 with Matt Miller calling the plays. During those ga- those games that weren't Texas Tech or NDSU, they averaged 37 points per game in a run first and almost run only offense. He was incredibly creative with putting a whole bunch of different guys in positions to succeed. So I think his football acumen is not in question, no doubt. And his ability to coach football is not in question either. It's just interesting that he's going back. Again, on one hand, it's not a surprise he's going back to his alma mater, no doubt. But on the other hand, just... He's he's just an atypical personality for yeah. what is a coach, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially if you can fit it in on a staff. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jeff Cho loved him is that Matt Miller is a quiet, thoughtful guy, and Choate is a incredibly extroverted, outgoing, but also a very thoughtful guy. Right. And I think that they they clicked because they have this this same love for the game, football IQ. But there's not the personality conflict where, like Jeff Choate and Ty Gregorak, it's just like when the tie was hired, two sticks of dynamite in one hole. Yeah. At yeah. some point, it's gonna blow up. Yeah. So, usually one stick of dynamite. Congratulations will blow up. to Matt Miller. I I just think it's an interesting transition because Matt Miller was the youngest offensive coordinator in Division One football. Okay. Yeah. To step away from being able to call plays. I mean, a lot most most of the time, the path is once you're an OC, you stay an OC, no matter where you go. Hmm. So to just go back to being a wide receivers coach, it's just interesting, but the fit itself makes sense. Well, and again, at 28 or 29 years of age, whatever it is, I mean, there's a lot of years out there ahead of him to uh, to continue working. But again, the progression is is hard to come by at times. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Sutel Nuwan is 1029 ESPN Radio. But Colton, let's go back to Montana State and Bozeman because they, one way or another, have a vacancy now at the top spot of their offense. And particularly when you talk about Jeff Choate as a defensive-minded head coach, uh, the offensive coordinator is very, very critical. Uh, it's, you know, any coordinator position. But, you know, sometimes you were talking to me about Rob Ash, and Rob Ash had, what, seven different OCs or something like that. But at the same time, Rob Ash is the OC. I mean, he's the offensive mind and system guy, whereas – Jeff Choate certainly is going to have his, you know, you know, opinions, maybe system of what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. But the offensive coordinator is is presumably going to have quite a bit of autonomy uh, to to and has to to create an offense that's going to work. One guy whose name is out there, uh, which I find very intriguing, is Dennis Erickson. 
Now, this is not, this is, this is just, there's not there's nothing substantiated or anything about this, but if you talk about circumstantially, obviously a guy who was three-time Pac-10 and then Pac-12 coach of the year at three different schools, the only person well, yeah, I guess two, two, or, two in the Pac-12 and, and Miami, one in Miami. Right, so right. Arizona State, Oregon State, Miami. So, uh, but three-time conference coach of the year in, in high major seven. We, we know the resume, right, of Dennis Erickson and the NFL and uh, nationally elite football teams and all that. But he, you know, has been... He's been quote unquote retired, but he's he's always been around, and he's been in Bozeman at Montana State games, even you know, hanging around, you know, talking football with the guy. I mean, not just there in the stands watching it. His son coaches high school football at Coeur d'Alene. That's where he's been living, and I'm sure involved with that. And you talk about a guy who you know knows about as much football as you possibly could, and also was at a stage of life where. He just wants to do it because he loves it. Possibly, I'm not saying he does or doesn't. You know, but but he's a he's a guy who's out there. He's not trying to make his way in the business or something right. like that. And also, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the Montana State staff is a very young staff, relatively speaking. Absolutely. And to have a guy with that sort of experience, that sort of uh, resume, you know, might you could see how that could work. Now, maybe there's ways in which it wouldn't. You know, couldn't work. Dennis Erickson is a has been a head coach for a long time. Is that a problem that he's going to come in and now be on somebody else's staff? He's, you know, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's in his 70s for sure. I think, and, I think he's exactly 70. Okay, 70. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, somewhat of an idiosyncratic guy, you know, kind of an out-of-the-box type of guy. You know, how much does that, you know, personality work inside the room or whatever? 72, I don't know. 73 okay, in March. 70, 72. Uh, now will be 73 when the season starts. He's a Montana State alum. That's right. worth noting. Went and played, you know, played football at Montana State and has tons of Bozeman ties and spent t- spends times in Bozeman of his own fruition. Has been there. In fact, was on our show, you know. Uh, on the way to Bozeman. Lot, yeah, trolling it, right, going to Bozeman. He had his so, clicker on, turning on to 19th, I think. So, in any case, um, hands-free, hands-free, okay. <laughs> You know, it's it's uh, it's an in, certainly the most n- notable name that you have out there, and I'm uh, of course there's going to be plenty more you know names that that get serviced, but I find that really intriguing, and I would get a I would get a huge kick out of it if he ended up you know if that was something that ended up happening again. No idea if that's even you know even slightly in a, in a likely scenario, but he is a guy who's around who certainly. <laughs> Nobody else is going to have a better resume than him to bring to Jeff Choate and go, well, yeah, I actually can do this. <laughs> certainly, certainly, <laughs> you know? certainly, certainly. I thought that you mentioned the arc of this last season for Montana State. They looked they looked pretty good offensively for the first half of the year. Then they had the downswing, bottoming out with the 12-point performance in the 16-12 loss at North Dakota, mm-hmm. where they looked horrendous offensively. But then the next week... One of the most undertold and I thought impactful tweaks that they made was they moved Matt Miller onto the field. Right. And they kept Denarius McGee, the running backs coach, former Montana State quarterback, in the box so he could be the eye in the sky offensively. Eric Frazier, the wide receivers coach, was also up in the box. But then they had Matt Miller, who's the offensive coordinator, as well as Brian Armstrong, former OC, also the run game coordinator, who doesn't get enough credit for the work he's done with their run game. On the sideline, and that made the the offensive continuity excel quite a bit. But those first two home games, 
I guess it was actually the first home game against Southern Utah when they won 42-7 to and they scored 42 points in the first half. Dennis Erickson was on the sideline standing next to Matt Miller that whole game. I have no idea what was said, how much Dennis Erickson contributed, or if he was just a steadying factor, or if he had any involvement at all. But the, I mean, he was right there, standing next to Matt Miller. I still think that's a coincidence. Yeah. The other thing about Coach Erickson is he has, uh, he's quote-unquote retired multiple times, and the guy obviously just loves football. I mean, he retired from the University of Utah, then all of a sudden he's coaching at Coeur d'Alene High School. He's helping his son at Coeur d'Alene, and then all of a sudden he's the head coach of the AAF team from Salt Lake. And then that goes belly up, and he's driving to Bozeman every weekend to see what's going on with the Cats. Yeah. On one hand, Dennis Erickson is one of the great offensive minds in college football history. He, I mean, he invented the single back offense or was the, one of the pioneers of that offense. Great, great success, whether it was Idaho, Wyoming, Washington State, or Miami, Oregon State, Arizona State. I mean, his resume, like you said, it's, it's undeniable. The biggest question to me would just be, Montana State's very special to Dennis Erickson, obviously. He keeps he continues to come back to Montana. He continues to spend time in Bozeman. Would he be able to work under someone at his alma mater? How the chemistry between him and Jeff Choate work out? Jeff Choate, you said relatively young staff. It's undeniably young. I mean, Kane Ione is the oldest defensive coach that he has. Kane Ione is not yet 40. All the guys on offense, I mean, Daenerys McKee is not yet 20. I mean, he's thir- not yet 30. I don't even know. He might be 26, 27 years old. I mean, he's Daenerys McGee is super young. Eric Frazier is super young. That's been kind of the the model that Jeff Choate wants to encompass. Right. And I think that's also another point worth making is that when coaches move on, I don't think that it is anything but just elevated opportunities. I mean, that's what Coach Choate wants. He hires young guys intentionally so they can work hard and move up. And that's what... He, I think that's what, one of the things he sells to them when he hires them. But Dennis Erickson is an, an interesting name. Another name that's come up is Bush Hamden. He was, uh, he, he's been in the Chris Peterson coaching tree for a little while. He's worked at Boise State. He was almost hired as the offensive coordinator at Montana State when Jeff Choate first got the job. But then he ended up taking a job with the Atlanta Falcons. And then he went to University of Washington with Chris Peterson. He's since been let go at UW. So he's available uh, Junior Adams is another name I've heard thrown around. Junior Adams is a Montana State alum who has spent time at Eastern Washington, Western Kentucky, but now he's at Washington, so he'd have to take a really substantial pay cut. He's a wide receivers coach at Washington. Right. It's not out of the question that you take a pay cut to become an OC for the first time, but I just don't know if you want to leave what seems like a good thing, but the fact that there's a change in leadership at Washington, Junior Adams could be a guy that's in the mix. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see because I, the thing I would say about Matt Miller moving on is, like I said, it's not that surprising he's going back to his alma mater. Matt Miller is such an intriguing coach because of how much potential he has because he's already been a recruiting coordinator and an offensive coordinator before the age of 30. There's very few guys that have ever been able to say that they've done that right. at, at any level of football. Right. But on the other hand, like Matt Miller w- was very, uh, uh, very solid as the OC the last 21 games for Montana State. The numbers bear that out. The success bears that out. But it's not as if he's irreplaceable. And so I think that people ask, what does Matt Miller leaving Montana State do to the program? Well, I think that the answer will only come depending on who Jeff Choate hires and what sort of success that they have. Because he, I mean, he, he, he could hire someone as good or better in certain ways than Matt Miller, or he could also hire someone that's not good at all. And yeah. it, 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 it all comes down to who comes next. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, I, you, this is the nice thing to me about the position that Jeff Choate is in is that now going into his fifth season, he has th- this is a hundred percent his program, you know, hundred uh, completely top to bottom his program, and so 
when it when it comes to something like fit, like you never know exactly, no matter what, you know, whoever you're hiring, what, you know, what what the actual day in, day out experience of that person is going to be and so forth and so on. But at least you have a handle on the program and know what it is that you're looking for. And there's no doubt, you know, what, what did Jeff Choate say before, Coulter? He's like, look, you know, guys come and go, but look, I'll be honest with you. I already know who I'm hiring the day some guy comes and tells me he's moving on. Well, that's, I, that's, I, I have my list at Joe, least Joe of guys. Says, like, yeah. I have my list in, the t- in my top drawer on and, who I'm going to hire. It, it, of, of who you should. And, and that's, you know, that's smart, right? That's as it, as it, as it should be. It's just, it, but, but that list is a, is not stagnant, right? I mean, that, that no, list changes regularly. The Re- guys on that list may be getting jobs elsewhere or guys on that list may be off of that list for whatever right. reason coming onto it. So that list is is a it, dynamic list. It's a good point, too, because sometimes when guys are leaving to go another school, sometimes they can blindside the head coach because they're not talking about it. I guarantee you that Jeff Choate knew this was on the horizon, both in his sure. heart because he believes in the potential of Matt Miller, but also... I'm sure that they've talked about it. I mean, they're both Boise guys. They both came from the same origins. So, well, you you would you would certainly think that that Brian Harson probably reached out, or certainly somebody on his staff, to Jeff Choate to sure. say, "Hey, tell me the truth about this guy. Is this is this you know, worth I mean, our time?" Sometimes in this in the college football business, though, like you're getting out without you're telling your employer at the last minute that you're yeah. leaving. Yeah. Whereas right. this, I don't think it's a this very is, different deal. This is not a blindsided thing, right? The one thing, though, is that every time Chota has had someone leave his staff, he's replaced them in short order. He's replaced mm-hmm. them in a week or less. I'll be interested to see the timing of this one, though, mm-hmm. because even though they have Tucker Rovig returning at quarterback, they're going to have a quarterback competition with Matt McKay, the North Carolina State coming transfer coming in. That's right. Who knows what they're going to do with Troy Anderson, but they have spring ball to figure it out. Now, Oftentimes in the coaching world, you got to strike while the iron's hot because guys are only available. The best guys or the guys that might be the best for your opening are only available at certain times. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they navigated the spring spring ball with. I mean, Brian Armstrong's still there as the run game coordinator. They they're trying to groom Denarius McGee for bigger things. That's why they've let him coach multiple positions despite his background as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dennis Erickson in the, in the fold who obviously wants to help, regardless if he wants to be a full-time coach with recruiting responsibilities and all that. Who knows? But if Montana State navigates spring ball with Dennis Erickson as, say, like an advisor and Brian Armstrong and Daenerys McGee just kind of trying out for the job, and then they – I mean, to, to me, you want to hire an OC that's going to be catered to your quarterback. But if you don't know who your quarterback is, maybe you have a couple spring – a couple weeks of spring practice before then you say, okay – we're going to go with this sort of offensive identity, this quarterback, here's who we want. Mm. Hire internally or not, maybe talk Dennis Erickson into it, let him get his feet wet or not. Maybe Bush Hammond comes available or not, or maybe you promote from within. Who knows? I just think that this one might be a little bit more, uh, it might be a longer hiring period than it has been in the past. It might be not Tuesday that we're delivering this right. information to. But also it could be Tuesday because Chope right. might just have his list and he might just have it circled right. and he might have already hired a guy, so who knows? You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. 
With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. I'm all right with Modest Mouse. I've seen Modest Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. The last time they were in Missoula was fascinating. They played out at Big Sky Brewing, and... It was a really rainy, cold day. Anybody that knows Isaac Brock, who has Montana roots, who's the- Helena, right? Lead, yeah, he's from Helena, lead singer of Modest Mouse. They know that he's a very um, enigmatic guy. He's, a, In my opinion, he's a musical genius. I mean, their their catalog, which is not largely known, is impressive. But they played three or four songs, and because it was way colder than expected, this was a mid-September concert, but it was like- yeah. below freezing and raining and, you know, Montana. And their instruments couldn't get in tune. And so they just walked off the stage. And, I'm you know, they're, they're not there for 45 minutes. I'm standing in the rain. I'm like, they're not coming back. I, this this is too bad. I, I really was excited about this. <laughs> and then Isaac comes back out and they played a rip-roar and no breaks, like nine killer songs in a row, and say goodbye. But um, they, they are uh, they're incredibly good live, especially if Isaac is in a good mood. Isaac, uh, I feel weird referring to him by his first name because I don't know the man. Isaac Brock, let's you sure. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. By the way, boys and girls, SWX Montana TV. Thanks for being here. Um, I've, I saw them also out there, not at that show though. It was a summer show; it was plenty warm, and uh, as uh, the stories go the, the has a bit of a propensity to uh, enjoy himself uh not merely after but often before and during a particular live show and certainly definitely uh left that part out <laughs> he got himself a little turned around had to stop a couple of times mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he had the wrong guitar on mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and there was uh, some pretty evident exasperation by fellow bandmates over the state of affairs uh, I am, as you know, Coulter, a musical dope. So really, what do you mean? No, no. But I'm talking about like, like actually like playing music? like music, like un, like knowing, hearing it. You know, I I love music. I listen to a lot of music, so I know music that way. Like what I like and stuff. But like writing music, list like hearing what's in tune, what's that? No, no, no. I can't do any of that. So all I'm saying is I'm confused by what you're saying. You don't keep up with the trends of music. No, no, no. no. Actually, like composing music. Oh, like writing music, writing and music, music, or or like even understanding. Like what somebody says, if you is. told me this was out of tune, oh, I, sure, I, I can't I, help I you there. Okay, that's that's saying. what I'm talking about. So there was clearly frustration, like happening on the stage because I could read like what's going on, and there was a couple moments where you go, oh yeah, you, you grabbed the wrong guitar, which I go, well, that seems pretty easy, easy to do. Yeah, you, you know, you had a. You had a couple of hops and waters that you got up there. You got 45 <laughs> guitars to choose from. Pretty easy to grab the wrong one. That said, yeah, this is what you do professionally. It's probably not a great look for you. And also, there's a certain bit of where, well, this is what Modest Mouse is. You got you to have a better backline. Right. But in terms of listening to it, 
it sounded great to me. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't sitting there going, I can't believe oh, this is just, you know, the critics, the real critics of this stuff. I, I'm not one of them. I'm there, you know, just to join. And I thought it was, I thought it was a grand time. So I'm, yeah, I got, I, I'm not a huge modest mouse guy, but I like them and I'm happy when uh, I hear them and I would go to another show if I had, if I had occasion to do so. One of the most fascinating when you're analyzing humanity, what it is to be a human, what is what does this life mean? What are we doing? One of my favorite things. One of the do. one of the most consistently passed down afflictions, let's call it. But affliction is the wrong word because it has some sort of a negative negative connotation. But it seems to me as if there's so many different societal and generational factors that influence the volatility of the mindset of of a specific human. But one of the most consistent things throughout history is that people that are incredibly creative or gifted creatively are very tortured or, or have demons. Can be, yeah. And a lot of times that is why they can express themselves so well through music, through writing. But Modest Mouse, Isaac Brock just appeals to me so much because he is such a tortured person. Part of it is his own doing. He obviously lives the persona of that and he... He has a lot of legendary habits that influence it. But I, I just think it's fascinating that you look at like the artists from the 1400s and the composers of the 1800s and the musicians of rock and roll in the 50s through now, and they all share certain parts of them that are the same. Uh, that is a, that's a very uh, wise consideration I think you're making there. Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking of tortured people... We have people that do it to themselves. Well, maybe. I mean, listen, I always find it odd to speak about Bobby Petrino specifically, Paul as well, in the state of Montana because of the deep roots that they have here. Right. The outstanding and legendary. They, listen, these are outstanding coaches. Okay. Let's let's just be clear about this. These are, you know, when you talk I mean, about Putter Petrino and and what they're and and all down the line. Montana legend, yep. no doubt. And I mean, and and Bobby Petrino for all of his shortcomings and all the scrutiny that he has received in the media and the public eye. At the end of the day, he's a kid from Lewistown, Montana, that recruited Lamar Jackson to Louisville. Right. And and so and and Mike Petrino is on the staff with the Lady Grizz, who's a uh, a nephew from some right. different line of Petrinos, but shares you know the same the same last name, Putter's grandson, who is. A fabulous guy. I mean, I, I, right. I think and Jason the, I think Petrino, world, who was just recently at Rocky, he's yep. a, he's an excellent guy, great coach. And so, you know, it, the, there's this is it, it's it's an odd thing to talk about when you understand the reputation, not just the reputation, but some of the realities of of what has been a very public life, and it is when you are a head football coach, particularly at the high reaches of of you know Division One. Uh, high major football and and the NFL, but the reality is is that you know Bobby Petrino has a long and sordid history of failures, personal failures and missteps and and humiliations, which particularly when you're talking about college football are untoward insofar as you know this this backdrop narrative that that Americana wants to create about the turning boys into men and the the, the the greatest teacher, you know, the teaching tool in the world is football to, you know, make these, you know, guys productive where, you know, we want it to be about more than football. What's happening now, whether that's real or not, look, it, I think it is real in, in, in instances. I think there's plenty of places where that is 
that is happening and does happening, and some coaches are the greatest, you know, not just teachers, but maybe molders or however you want to talk about it in the world that have this access and tool of, of sports to use to teach life lessons that are broad and so forth and so on. It's why it's why FCS football in the state of Montana is appealing, right? Because right. if you have the right guys at the helm, by and large, that is what the program is about. Dante Olson is an anomaly. Everybody else is just going to go be a real estate agent or a sure. local businessman or whatever. And I think that both the head coaches right now in Montana – do an excellent job at, at that, at, at the maturation and building of men. And so when you talk about, you know, a guy who's had as many public failings as Bobby Petrino has and the sorts of failings that those have been, it does not, it just simply does not. It's a, it's a, a round peg and a square hole or whatever you want to talk about it in terms of you're bringing this guy in to be, you know, somehow uh, uh, grooming you know, 18, 17, 18, 19 year old kids into, you know, productive citizens. Clearly what you're trying to do is only win football games. And maybe there's a certain like refreshing aspect of it where it's like, well, Hey, by the way, that's all any of them are trying to do. Stop lying to yourselves. But especially when the choice then evidently was between him and Art Bryles of all people. And you look at Missouri state and you go, like that this is this is the choice that you left yourself with for for because you've been a bottom dweller in the you know Missouri Valley Conference for whatever I mean I don't know I don't know but I sit here and I go you know okay you know this is this is what it is am I going to sit here and go you know get on my moral high horse no but am I going to sit here and also like endorse this no I'm just going to go you know okay <laughs> what would yeah. shake my head and that's that's that Man, I wish we had like 30 minutes. because oh, It's our there's, show, Colt. There's, we do whatever there's, we a lot, there's a lot here to address. We're already being told there's, to go to break. There's a lot here to address. Let's do this. Let's, let's, go, to, let's go to break and talk more about it because I, I want to I, I talk about the, the reason that the, the, the Petrinos, based on their resumes, should be beloved Montanans, yet they're not. But I think that's a very definitive reason why. And I think that also, though... The opening at Missouri State is, was a fascinating one because of what was available around the country at the moment, but also the trends in hiring in college sports across the board, particularly football and men's basketball. So let's let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about the Petrinos in Montana as well as the Missouri State opening. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 
Coulter, we started on this conversation. Uh, uh, specifically, the, the, the news of it is that Missouri State has hired Bobby Petrino to be their new head coach of the Missouri Valley Conference. And we're kind of discussing the uh, sort of the interesting points of this, particularly when the other candidate whose name was actually uh, by football scoop, a sign that, that, this, that he was going there was Art Bryles. And, and uh, obviously the, those two guys uh, bring up a lot of different and mostly negative emotions to just people who are aware of their histories in the sport of football. And yet it's this interesting thing where they're both hugely capable head coaches. I mean, you're, 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 you're way out over your skis. You're out kicking your coverage hugely from a football standpoint. If you're Missouri state and you land either one of these two guys and now they have, and then you go and then you got to deal with the PR or whatever it is that comes from that. But especially in Montana with the history that the Petrinos have in this state as football coaches that have gone out and made good and bad uh, as they've, you know, uh, had their careers, you know, on a very public forum. And so I know that you had a, a, a lot that you wanted to say about it. Well, first of all, I think that in college athletics as a whole, the almost necessary relationship between the athletic director and the head football coach and the head men's basketball coach. I mean, that's what you're, what you're going to be judged by first and foremost, when you're an AD, I think that's why you've seen ADs gravitate towards using search firms because it sort of passes the buck in terms of accountability. Mm. But also I think it's why you've seen ADs like whether you're talking about Michigan hiring Juwan Howard or Memphis hiring Penny Hardaway or Northern Colorado hiring Ed McCaffrey, big splashy big name hires because it gives you so much more leeway as an ad if you hire juan howard at michigan and he does great all the praise in the world to you if he also falls flat on his face you can just say well i i I went i shot for the stars i mean we we went with the dude who has all the name recognition it's just like at northern colorado ed mccaffrey has two years of high school football coaching experience he could be horrendous they could go defeated like they have in the past or he could be the shot in the arm that they need. But either way, the AD can say, well, we went completely outside the box. We didn't hire an alum like they had their last two hires. Instead, we went with the big name guy. That's one point. And so I think it's worth noting that I think that there was at the time that this hire was made, I think there was something, I think there was between five and seven division one football jobs that were open. Missouri state being one of them. You also look at Missouri state with, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, every school in the Missouri Valley Football Conference since the founding of the league in 2008 has had some semblance of success. Mm-hmm. Whether I mean, Southern Illinois, Western Illinois, those schools have not had crazy success, but they've had moments where they were in the playoff mix. Indiana State even made the playoffs for the first time. Yeah. But then you've also had your Illinois States and then the top tier of the league, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and those schools are rolling. Missouri State has been the only, the only completely downtrodden program in the league since the league was created. I think they, this last coach, I think he won 15 games in five years. So they, they have been consistently the bottom of the league. So Missouri State had to do something. It's not surprising to me that they made a splashy hire. In terms of the Art Bryles situation, you have to tread lightly on on the whole thing. But, man, on one hand... That I, let's just not go there. Okay. I I just think on some in some cases when you are the head the head and the figurehead of the of, of a, a program, almost all the accountability goes on you. I also think there's situations where institutional lack of control 
trickles down, and there's people that are scapegoated. And I think that I, I'm not going to give my complete opinion on Art Browse. What happened at Baylor was horrific. Everybody that was involved as an authority figure that is in power positions deserved to be fired. But I actually, I, I guess what I'm saying is that it's such a broader thing than to pin it on one guy. Sure. I don't know if Art Browse deserves to be a head college coach again or not. I'm not surprised, though, that he was in the mix. But the main thing I want to talk about is the Petrinos in general, because Putter Petrino, Bob Petrino Sr., who was at Carroll College for many years, he's he's a legendary football coach. He's absolutely gruff and a take-no-prisoners, no-nonsense, old-school, butte type of guy. Mm -hmm. And I think in the 1970s and 1980s at a private Catholic school in Hello, Montana, I think that that is a perfect fit. It goes a long ways. You can get away with a lot of stuff. And I'm not saying he was doing anything sketchy, just his personality that is very kind of in-your-face and right. I mean, he's a butte guy. He, hey. he, he he's a butte guy. He's an a tough, old school, tough Montana from guy. from a generations of the 40s, 60s. Exactly. Yes. And and it's like Michael Sean Dugar, our correspondent for the Seattle Seahawks, who writes for the Athletic. He covered Idaho football for the Moscow Pullman Daily News after he had graduated from college, and he had a very infamous run in with Paul Petrino, where Paul Petrino got in his face. There was almost yep. a physical altercation. But it's like Mike said. I mean, if there's anybody in the world that would hold a vendetta against Paul Petrino, it would be Mike Dugar. But it's like Mike said, from a pure football perspective, teaching toughness, teaching effort, Paul Petrino is a very good coach. Paul Petrino has some flaws. First of all, when it comes to the discipline of his team, we saw it in Missoula firsthand. And I mean, yeah. they had 15 penalties. But I think that's a reflection. I think that the reason that the Petrinos, like when you look at Bobby. Junior and Paul's resumes. If you were just to say, "Man, these guys are from Montana. They grew up in Lewistown, and then they went to, to they were went to high school in Helena, and they were at Carroll College." Why aren't these guys so beloved? And I think that it's the same thread where a lot of the guys from Montana get on the outside. Montana is a neighborhood. You have to be at the very least cordial, but most of the time, engaging and caring for your neighbor. And if ever you act arrogant, that's the one thing that Montanans can't handle. And I think that the fact that both of these guys have acted above Montana, or not even above Montana, but just above people, they both carried themselves with a level of arrogance. And that reflected in the the fallout that Bobby Petrino had in Arkansas. I think he just really didn't think he was going to get caught for all the things that he ended up getting fired for. But we've seen it with Ryan Leaf, Brock Osweiler, some of the... Great people from Montana and sports figures. Yeah, the th- the, when you say the, the guys who have gone on to do to, to raise to some of the highest heights that you can attain, right? And, and if you continue to act like Montanans expect, like Dave Dickinson, mm-hmm. you, you're deified. I mean, you you are you are glorified and respected. And there's been a lot of guys that are just like that. And it's it's unfortunate that a couple of the most high profile guys have been the ones that. I've gone the other way, mm-hmm. but I also think it's a great testament to the state of Montana in the fact that if you do act with unabashed arrogance, you're not going to be welcomed back to one of the most welcoming places in the world. You know, I think that a lot of the things you said are true. I would like to carry that conversation on on an in-state level at another point in another day. We can't do it here, but I think there's uh, some open conversation we could have about that. Let, Good let's analysis. Do it, let's do no. it just a little bit and start the beginning of the next no. segment. No. Let's, do, let's do it here and then we'll get in the NFL. I, I want to keep I want to keep talking about this a little bit because I think this is really fascinating. We'll take a break. Come back. We'll do some NFL and 
Coulter has his way. She's bigger than I am, so he probably will get it. We'll continue on this thread of conversation. Uh, boys and girls, right now, Lost Trail, Powder Mountain, it's the place you want to go. Okay? Lost Trail, down Highway 93. They're going to be open all weekend long, including on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Okay, be open for the uh, 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 the holiday. 18 groom trails. Conditions amazing. 58 inches of snow back at the summit. 50 at the lodge. Total snowfall in the season, 132 inches. The snow, I mean, that's why you go. I mean, among very many other reasons, but it's always the best at Lost Trail. If you want powder alerts, okay, from, from Lost Trail, just text the word powder. I got a lot of it. To 31996. 31996. Get powder alerts right there over your phone and information about Lost Trail. Uh, you can also win a five-day punch pass for the 2019-2020 season, okay? If you just go out, go ahead, text again, powder to 31996. You'll be in the mix for a five-day punch card over to Lost Trail, Powder Mountain. Go to losttrail.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Lost Trail. That's where you want to go. Powder Mountain, it is, it is the season. Get out in the hills. Go to Lost Trail. Have a great time. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 